Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. and Greg Flamont. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. We're coming to you after a week hiatus because I was on vacation uh, in it last week and unable to record. But we're back tonight. A lot has happened in the world of Notre Dame football. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club and video analyst at Irish Sports Daily, Mr. Greg Flamong. How are we doing this evening, Greg? Uh, we're doing good, man. We, while you were gone, Notre Dame had a little commit a palooza type, a little, situation. just a little bit, a little, a little bit. bit of something. You know, I tried to keep up. I tried to keep up on vacation. <laughs> it did five, not, commi- five commitments in six days. We're we're taking it. We're definitely didn't taking quite it. work on the keeping up. I missed. I think I got an article up on all but Bell, all but Micah Bell. So I, um, apologies to Micah Bell and Micah Bell's family if you are listening. It's the only one I didn't have time to get a full article written on uh, last uh, last week. But it was our first time traveling, or well, not first time traveling with the baby, but the first like real vacation with just us and the baby, and it was an experience, man. Uh, he decided to get uh, sick and to teeth at the same time. Mm. The day that we got, well, the morning after we got there, it was just, oh, it was three, the first three days we literally just like played hot potato with him because um, he would not stop crying and just wanted to be held. And it was it was interesting as we were in a little tiny Airbnb, just the, the three of us and the dog because we also brought the dog. So it was fun for a few days and then it was magical how there was like a switch that the little guy turned on that he went from like miserable unconsolable to laughing and giggling and smiling and like what are you guys doing i don't understand why are we they do that's why are we not partying um so then we we then vacation started finally on tuesday but uh man that was uh that was our that was an experience. And yeah, the world of Notre Dame football went decided to go bananas on the week that, you know, we took we took vacation. You know, when we planned it like months ago, I was like, last week of June into first week of July, probably will be pretty quiet. Nothing's gonna nothing crazy's gonna go Official on. Official visits are over. Exactly. You know, it's calm before the storm. If anything, I thought in typical Notre Dame fashion for me, it would be like that would be the week that the the shit story comes out of like 
I don't know, somebody's ineligible or somebody's suspended because there's there's usually one of those in the offseason for us. Um, luckily, there hasn't been actually the last couple of years. But I was like, that's what will happen. It'll be like one story. But no, five commits in six days. Uh, and then conference realignment is out of nowhere. Out like, Did you hear any, did anybody hear any inkling at all about USC and UCLA joining the big whatever, uh, you know, prior to the day that the news broke, it was like news broke at like noon. I think it was like, I remember being at lunch and being like, what the heck USC and UCLA are going to join the big 10 or whatever, 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 like I said, whatever it's, I always call it the big 10, whatever the hell they refer to it as these days. Yeah. Um, I was like, wait, that makes no sense. And also, where did this come from? And then later that night, it's like, well, Big Ten voted. They're in. And USC sending out tweets like, peace out. We are joining the Big Ten and UCLA is doing it. And it's like, well, that escalated quick. Like, how did they keep this under wraps? That's, that was my first. I was shocked. You you are out on the West Coast, sir. Was there any inkling out there that something was up? You know what? Also, I got to open this beer because this is a show that I need a beer for. Yeah. Yeah, we're this is officially a Big Ten country out here. Um, Obviously now, yeah. I mean, it's what I think of when I think of Southern California. When you think Big Ten, you think uh, sandy beaches. That's, mm-hmm. that's how it is. Um, you know what? I've seen like chatter about it, but more like like you've seen chatter about like Notre Dame and the Big Ten or Notre Dame and the ACC. Like you've yes. just seen that, right? Um, but it's always kind of like off in the distance. Like okay. theoretical, you know, and so that's what I've seen. Just theoretical, you know, like could could USC could you mostly just USC? Like could they go to the Big Ten or whatever? Um, and funny enough, I was at the beach when this all broke. Um, and was, well, technically, so was I. Just the complete yeah, opposite, complete go. opposite coast. We were we were at the Jersey Shore. Uh, no, fist pumping, <laughs> no fist pumping for us on this trip, but we were, we were, we were down the shore. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was the day that, um, who was it? Was it Jagasaw? Uh, so so Thursday, Thursday, Charles Jagasaw. Yeah. Like he, he, uh, committed and then a bunch of people like tweeted some like cryptic stuff after that. Yeah, like Brady Quinn, and it was like, oh, is it like a mystery recruit or whatever? Like someone's going to come in on Saturday, and it wasn't that. It was nope. the news on the pipeline coming out that this was going to happen. Um, so yeah, that th- didn't know it was going to be imminent or anything like that. Um, I mean, you know, the the fact, like you said, the fact that it happened so quickly was like shocking. Like <laughs> they're they're thinking about doing this hasn't been decided at the highest levels, and then like. Six hours later, oh, it was the, the Big Ten's voting on it. How the hell does <laughs> that not leak? And, and, and like official, and like official, like official accounts are tweeting it out. You yeah. Know? How does that not leak in this day and age? Like you, no, no story doesn't leak these days. Like it's like impossible to keep anything under wraps, uh, you know, anymore. And then all of a sudden, this, which is one of the, I mean, larger college football stories in years. That you have two storied programs, well, one very storied, one somewhat storied program, just joining a conference that is, I don't know, 2,000 miles away for the most part. Like, 
all, most of the games will be, you know, two, 2000 or whatever miles away for them. Uh, it, it was just madness to, to follow. I, I thought it was fake at first when I saw it. Cause again, I'm at, got lunch, like again, trying to, trying to check, you know, Twitter, uh, you know, for, you know, for just, you know, things cause I'm always on Twitter, but without like getting in trouble. Cause at this point that's, that's Thursday vacation didn't really start till Tuesday. So I was like, okay, I can't be like, you know, on my phone too much here since we, we we've lost so much time. And I was like, what, what is going on? And it was also like the day of NBA free agency. So I just, I probably got in trouble that day for being on my phone too much. Yeah. But what, like, so, I mean, what was your first, again, as somebody who's closer to USC has, we know you have many USC friends, um, you podcast with one, yeah. um, like what, what was your initial reaction to that? And also like, what were, what were the USC peeps that, you know, what was their reaction? Were they like, what is going on? Or were they like, cool, you know, we're, we're in for this. Um, Michael hated it. I bet. I, Cause you think of the games, like that was my first thought. Well, I'm like, okay, one USC never would come to Notre Dame. In November, we they always had to come in early October because they don't want to play in the cold. You can't. You, they're going to have to play in cold. They're going to be playing, you know, snow games in Iowa and Michigan and whatnot. Like that, that's not going to be good for USC. I mean, it's like, it's like the I don't know. You're losing your like identity, right? Like USC is the Pac-10. It's the Pac-12. Yeah. You know, like that's what USC is. Um, so for, from that perspective, I think he was like. I don't think he wanted to get like too deep in it. Right. Like yeah. too deep in the weeds. Like, I just think he just thought this is stupid. I don't like it. And I kind of, and I kind of felt the same way. Like, uh, this is dumb. Don't like yeah. that. You know? And, and obviously like you read pros and cons or whatever. And it's not like, you know, for him, it's not like he's not going to watch. It's not like he's not going to oh, yeah. care. Right. Like, of course he will, but it's just like, ah, it's dumb. No, don't like that. I think it's stupid. I think they should stay in the Pac-12 and they should figure it out from there. Um, but it's kind of like resigned. Like, yeah, all right. I don't like it, but well, I mean, what am I going to do? You know, like it just it the, and is. think of time zones for their games now too. Like, uh, oh, it's terrible. Know, yeah, it's like we're they're, they're, we're gonna be on big noon kickoff. I mean, they, Fox has to change that now. There's no way they can keep that going with like and put USC on. Uh, you know, at like nine o'clock Pacific for, you know, for, you know, for USC fans. Well, think of like, just like not even football. Like, oh yeah, all the other So sports. like the, just makes no women's, sense. Women's soccer. They got to fly to during the Rutgers year. to play on a Wednesday night. Like they're just flying to Rutgers all yeah. the way across the country. It's not, you know, it's not like the women's soccer team. They're going to, they're going to put them up in like this great hotel and like all this other amenities. They're going to be in and out. They're going to play a soccer game and they're going to come back. It's, it's yeah. like, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. Like from that point of view, especially like, Oh yeah. Why are we doing this? You know? Uh, just- uh, what, so what, I, I mean, I guess I, again, I haven't followed it as closely as I would have liked so far, but is I, I obviously it's all football, you know, football driven and the PAC 12, not necessarily being known to be a strong football conference for, I don't know. When was the last time the Pac-12 well, it's, was considered it's the, a strong it's conference? The, it's the TV deal is what it is. It's not yeah. even the strength. Like, it's just straight up TV deal. It sucks. Everyone knows. The Pac-12 network is a disaster. It yeah. was a disaster. It was negotiated terribly. Um, so their their TV deal stinks. And 
they, they the the schools want a part of a bigger piece of the pie, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, and the ironic thing is, like, I saw someone post like, like the re- the the reason that this is all happening is because USC was such has been such trash for the last I don't know ten years. I mean, for just a long time, like they've been good yeah. at times, but generally yeah, like one or two speaking, good seasons, yeah, they haven't been very good, and that created this narrative that the Pac-12 is doo-doo. And so and mm-hmm. so that put them in a position where it's like we have to go find another another league to play in. I mean it sucks. There's yeah. like no other way to look at it. Um it's terrible. I, yeah. I like for 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 people like us it's terrible, right? Like for people who are younger, who cares? You know, right. like whatever things things change that like kids don't like a lot of you know 15 16 year olds like they don't have some like yeah. uh USC Pac 12 and all this other stuff you know like but for us USC Pac 12 Pac 10 right UCLA Pac 12 Pac 10 like that's yeah their conference and that's what it's always been and you play Oregon and Washington and and they've been like the mainstays i mean it's like it'd be like it'd be, i mean it's like Ohio State and Michigan like going to Going making the opposite move, becoming Pac-12 schools. Like what? Like what is that? Why are you doing that? No, like don't. Oklahoma do that. and Texas. Oklahoma and Texas. Exactly. It's yeah. just like it, it just, you know. But th- this is what college football is doing, and and it's like one of those things. Like I don't like it. I hate it. I hate that it's happening. But, you know, I said it on the OFD pod last week. Like this is what happens. Everything gets ruined all the time. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Everything gets ruined. It always does. It just, that, that's, you know. Speaking of getting just, ruined, do you think, is this is this going to inevitably, or either, not just even inevitably, short-term lead to the end of Notre Dame's independence? Yeah, oh yeah. No yeah. question. Because they're going to have to. That's, they're they're, they're, they're going to lose access to the playoffs. And and that's yeah. one thing, like, you, you just can't. I've, you just can't do it, you know? Yeah. It, and 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 they they have some cover from the SEC because the SEC doesn't want Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten, right? So the SEC is going to try as hard as they can, um, not to not to kind of put Notre Dame in a corner. Because look, if the SEC makes it so Notre Dame has to join a conference to get to the playoffs or to try to win a championship or whatever, then they'll probably go to the Big Ten, and the SEC doesn't want SEC doesn't want that. So right. the the problem is is like when the NBC deal comes up in 2025, they're not going to give the money that they can make with these other conferences, you know, and and not just that, but at some point recru- it's going to affect recruiting to the point where it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, we you, you you can't schedule the teams that you used to be able to schedule anymore. Right. And you don't have access. It's like too hard of access to get into, you know, the playoff games, like these big, meaningful games. Or it's like cooler to play in the Big Ten and the SEC and whatever else conferences are left. Like it's going to be a problem recruiting. You're going to get recruited against because of that stuff. They're going to have to make the move. So it's a matter of time. Like to me, once 2025 comes, that's it. Hmm. I've always said, yeah, Notre Dame would 
not join a conference until absolutely forced. And this is this is probably the closest I can think. There was that other. When was the last real big conference realignment when everybody thought it was going to happen and then it didn't? How was that? It was like, it was Texas and uh, Oklahoma. But it was that was it, yeah. But there was there was even before that. Remember the last time te- Texas flirted? This was like wasn't it like ten years ago. There was there was there was a scare. I mean, like, A&M? Could have been. Man, when AM was like the only one. It was yeah, it was when Texas, the first time that Texas flirted, I think, with the SEC and decided to stay in the Big 12. Hmm. And it was like everybody said, like, Texas saved Notre Dame's independence because at that point they were the domino that needed to fall for everything else to fall in line for the super conferences to happen then. Um, but now I mean obviously they're going to the SEC. And you have this now with the big, you know, with with the Big Ten, and it does feel inevitable. Um, it feels like it's going to happen. Um, I, I guess, and, and I mean, it seems like there's three options right now for Notre Dame: um, Big Ten, somehow trying to stay in the ACC and join full full on for you know for football. And hope that the ACC can stay together, and that the there's not just two mega conferences uh, that swallow everything up. Or somehow try to try to remain independent, and it feels like the last one is just no longer possible, given the shift that's happening in college football, which is unfortunate because that's been part of one of the things that makes Notre Dame great, um, and makes Notre Dame special, and makes Notre Dame unique as the independence. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. Like when it when it was sinking in last week, I was like, "How do I feel about this?" Like, I and I think it's kind of like what you said earlier, where it's like, "Yeah, it's not like it's going to change anything for me in terms of I'm still going to watch." You know what I mean? I'm still going to like follow it just as closely, be just as obsessed. Um, but it'd be one of those things where you're like, "I don't really like that." I would prefer not for that to happen. Uh, but if my options are Notre Dame in a conference uh, or Notre Dame being completely irrelevant and not being able to compete for a national title, then, you know, we got to join Then the conference it is. Um, what, of the two conferences that it looks like it could be, what, what are your – do you have a preference? Would you prefer to see the ACC try to stay together, Notre Dame join full-on, and then you have a conference where your top teams are Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, maybe a resurgent Miami with Cristobal, um, you know, in, in charge, or the Big Ten or whatever. I don't know whatever. What are they going to call it? The, just the big. They have to rebrand. The big, yeah. They have yeah. to rebrand. I mean, I mean, they're terrible at branding though, because what? Yeah, they, I mean, when they made their freaking comp or div, not, um, damn it, why can't divisions? A couple years ago, what were they originally? The leaders and the legends, or whatever the hell yeah. they tried to call them yeah. before they were like, "This is really dumb." This was yeah. a we hired some branding company that got that had no clue about sports and uh, came up with this nonsense. But um, I mean, they have to rebrand that eventually. But anyway, so what 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 are your what's your preference there? Um. I mean. I guess I would rather if if they could. I would rather. I would rather just go full for the ACC. Okay. 
Um, just because I think I think Notre Dame could take over that conference, right? That's a good point. Um, because you know they're and Jamie posted a really good article about this like a couple weeks ago in Six Thoughts on how yeah. Notre Dame is dominating recruiting yeah. against the ACC right now. Yeah. Um, like they are clearly the most dominant program at the moment recruiting wise, and that includes Clemson. Um, you know, and I still think you have you have the regions. Um, you know, you you still have like I like the, you're still going down to Georgia. You're obviously going down to Florida. Um, you're in the Carolinas. You're in the Virginias, uh, or you're in Virginia, I should say. Um, you know, you're up on the Northeast there, mm-hmm. and you're in Pennsylvania, um, with Pittsburgh, and it's to me like those are Notre Dame's like sweet spots recruiting wise. Um, you know, you do, I think they're, they're doing really well in Texas, you know? Um, so I think just being, I think even being just around that area, I think is good enough. Um, and they're, you know, even if they, so if they join the big 10, they're not getting down to Texas anyway. So that's fine. Um, so yeah, and I, I think, and I think then they would they would still be able to to keep their series with USC. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it would mean for other programs, but like Michigan or Ohio State or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I I think I think ACC would probably be my favorite thing. Um, that's probably the least likely, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, I think the Big Ten is the most likely situation, um, which is my next. My next preference, because yeah. um, like they've already they you know they have a bunch of history with Big Ten teams already, yeah. um, and obviously well, USC and UCLA. So yeah, well I mean it, so your rationale is much more logical than mine. I'll, I'll tell you that, um, and it, you know in terms of like what's the most advantageous for you know for Notre Dame. My my thought, my initial thought was like if I'm gonna get stuck, you know. In, with Notre Dame in a conference, like just from a pure like petty standpoint, like I really don't like a lot of teams in the Big Ten again or whatever we call it now. I don't like them. Like they're like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. Like I I just don't like any of them. Um, like not Iowa. Just for some reason, Iowa really annoys me. Uh, you know, typically because I feel like every year Iowa starts like six, seven, and zero. Oh, their fans talk like, ah, oh, we're this elite team. What was it? Was that last year or two years ago? Iowa got up to number two in the country, and they were just like the possibly one of the worst, you know, number two teams that have ever, you know, been ranked second in the, you know, in the polls. Um, so anyway, they kind of annoy me. Um, I, Wisconsin actually doesn't annoy me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I just, I personally don't have that level of like disdain for too many teams in the ACC. And I feel like if you're going to be in a conference, like you should just literally like hate all the, well, unless you're the SEC um, and then you just cheer for your conference, which I don't understand at all. But to me, if I'm going to be in a conference, like I just want to like hate the other teams that are in the conference and not want them to do well and not want them to have nice things. And that's why the big 10 is at least of the, of the options um, we'll say attractive to me because it's like, yeah, you know what? 
if I'm going to be forced into this, like I could really dislike most of the teams that Notre Dame would be playing on a regular basis. And that's going to make the games more fun. Like, I don't like, I don't know, like Duke, Georgia tech, they're like, whatever Pitt's annoying, but Pitt's only really been annoying. Like since Narduzzi got there and decided like he was going to have a bug up his ass about Notre Dame. So like, that's whatever. I mean, you got Boston college in the ACC who is very easy to dislike, as a Notre Dame fan, but like, I don't know. There's not a lot of like, you know, AC Miami. Yeah. You know, there's, there's the history there, but like, I don't know. I don't have that same level of like, just again, just like hate for eventual opponents. So that's how I was thinking about it. But again, like I said, that is just much more of like a pure, just like petty perspective as opposed to you know you thinking of it from like the recruiting (laughs) advantages of like the regions of the acc which i think make make a lot of sense um but i do think it does seem like the big 10 is the more inevitable one as well yeah and like honestly it makes the most sense from like an academic standpoint right because from a geography well other than like there's the, the academic component, right? And so there are several schools who are academically oriented, you know, like Michigan is a solid academic school. Yeah. Um, Northwestern, obviously. Um, so, you know, it it's just it's just more of a, I guess, priority. Um, it's it's an easier sell for Notre Dame that way. Yeah. Um so, and I'm sure, I assume they'll bring over Stanford um, yeah. as well. Cause, that's a that's a move. Yeah. I mean, look, they, they can't get away from Stanford, right? They can't get away from Stanford. They can't get away from freaking Navy. Although, I guess this is a silver lining. They could end the Navy series. Yeah, they might have to. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Big Ten, you it's even easier to keep USC as, uh, you know, USC rivalry. Although, I did see and, and posted it uh, last week. That, uh, you know, USC said that they still, like, no matter what Notre Dame does, intends to keep that series, um, you know, just kind of, you know, you know moving forward. But, again, it would be a little bit tougher, again, if Notre Dame were to join, like, an ACC full-time. But, um, yeah, it's like, – how are you – like, how, how are you feeling in terms of just, like, the potential loss of Notre Dame's independence? Because – I feel like there are some Notre Dame, you know, fans and alum who have like it is like just, you know, a badge of honor. It's like, you know, it's it's something that is super important. Others are like, yeah, it's pretty cool, but like, you know, if there's another situation that's going to make it, you know, give us a chance to win a national title, then I'm down with it. Um, I just feel resigned. Yeah, I I don't feel like any other way about it other than just resignation, like because it feels inevitable. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like it it wasn't their choice. It was they didn't jump first. Right. Like it'd be one thing if they jumped first. Um, But but like without being forced, would you ever want Notre Dame to join a conference without being forced in? If Notre Dame, if 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 the option existed, remain independent, you can keep most of the schedule. um you know, Notre Dame still keeps its its seat at the table for the playoffs. No. Hmm? Of course I don't. Yeah. Conferences are stupid. They're not – they're like – they're restricting. They are often unfun. Like 
it, college football, there shouldn't I like conferences are like are not a good thing. Mm. You know, they they just I don't I don't like them. But I understand why they have to exist. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want Notre Dame to be in one. No, thank you. Mm. So, but I mean, like I said, like it is just it is what it is. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing that can be done. That the, the wheels are already in motion. You know, you you can't you can't sabotage your program after yeah. it just gets to a point where you're just sabotaging, you know, your ability to compete. And you can't do that, right? You can't be stubborn about it like that. So it is what it is. It would be, yeah. I wonder if, uh, I mean, well, not I wonder. I mean, I know it, it would be, man, would it be fun to be a fly on the wall in Jack Swarbrick's office, like just this week? The last couple of weeks as like all this has been unfolding and what kind of calls, you know, he's having because it's not like, let's say, again, everyone's saying like Big Ten inevitable. It's a pretty high dollar amount. Notre Dame's going to have to pay to get out of the ACC if they want to, uh, you know, for, you know, to to join another conference. Now, I'm sure, again, some of it will be a drop in the bucket, you know, compared to money that will be made and, you know, from TV deals and all of that. But it's not like a cut and dry you know where it's like well we just move you know we just move from the acc to the to the other um you know to the you know to uh you know to to the big 10 but man it would be also just very fitting uh, not fitting um i don't even think what's the right word is if notre dame does end up in the big uh in the big 10 after just everything that went on in you know the early days of notre dame football of desperately wanting to be in the Western, uh, the Western Conference, which was the uh, you know the predecessor to the Big Ten, and getting blocked by Michigan um, at uh, you know at every corner, and then Notre Dame getting big enough that they didn't need them. Um, so it would be kind of interesting again if uh, if Notre Dame is now you know kind of forced into uh, you know in, in, into joining. It'd also be fun though, like uh, you know. See Notre Dame, you know, join the conference and win more conference championships than Michigan. Uh, that's you know, especially the way Notre Dame's been recruiting relative to uh, relative to Michigan these days. But because uh, Michigan is not Michigan's not doing so good on the recruiting trail. I heard you talk about it a little bit today on the ISD, you know, live show you did. But their recruiting is just it's almost inexcus it, it, uh, it, uh, unexplainable considering the their you know the run that they had last year it's so they're ranked 51st um they're just i mean they're losing all their top targets you know they have eight commits mm-hmm. right now i'm sure they'll fill the class uh, but there's just not that many guys you know there's just not that many guys you can fill up with that are at the yeah. top Top ranked players. Um, you had eight in first week of July. Not a lot. I mean, look, you know, their coach. He tried to leave. He wanted to leave, and then he lost his assistance. Yeah, that's not that's not good. No, you know, and it's like, look, Mike McDonald. He he left. To, he it was not a lateral move. He he went to the NFL right to be a defensive coordinator, and that's. You know, somewhat normal, but it's like you didn't. It, that, that wasn't a, a great thing 
And then you lose Josh Gaddis, who I think everyone liked um, around that program. And, and you replace him with, you know, the quarterback coach who people don't really know, doesn't have a great, it, it doesn't have really like a track record that people can get excited about. Um, it's, it's, they're in a bad way right now, you know, and Harbaugh is obviously not the most cutting edge of, of people period. Right. Like he's not, it's like, I could totally imagine how Harbaugh has a tough time relating to recruits, you know, right. Um, Mr. Khaki pants himself. You, you, yeah. you don't think, you don't think yeah, he so can, they're just in a bad way right now. It's fun though, as a Notre Dame fan to watch, um, Notre Dame in the last week, has added twice as many four-star recruits to their 2023 class than Michigan has in total right now. Notre Dame added four, four four-stars for 2023, and then the fifth for 2024 last week. Michigan has two total. I think they had three, and they lost one. Uh, That's not good. It's uh, not good at all. It's great for Notre Dame. The fact that you know Notre Dame has picked up the four, uh, you know the four four stars, uh, you know, and we we alluded to them. Most of you listening, uh, you know, probably already know. Uh, but we had Rico Flores, Micah Bell, uh, Charles Jagasaw, and Christian Gray. I almost forgot Christian Gray, which is still the I, we talked about that months ago. That's the one that still it just surprises me. Did you say Micah? Oh, you didn't say Cam say, Williams. That's yeah, well, say. Cam Williams for 2024. Yeah, I was talking yeah, just yeah. the 2023 guys for now. Got it. But um, Christian Gray is still the one that surprises me because I think it was on one of the pods we did maybe like two months ago where I was like, I know what all the reports were saying. All the reports were saying Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. But like watching Notre Dame recruiting over the last 20 years, it's like that scenario with with Christian Gray, what I'm referring to is the fact that his high school, former high school coach became a position coach under Brian Kelly at LSU. That scenario has almost never worked out for Notre Dame, like ever. That that that, that scenario always, back, you know, just is one where it's like ah, he he had a high school coach go to you know is now is now on staff at such and such, and it's like. Almost every single other time we've seen that it's ended poorly for Notre Dame. And then you hear at the end, like, yeah, you know, kid loved Notre Dame. But if, you know, if, if his coach didn't go to program X, program Y, whatever the hell it is, uh, you know, he would have went to Notre Dame. And you just hear that enough. So when I was seeing all this with Christian Gray, I was just like, I top 100 cornerback. I, there's there's the first thing that Notre Dame has struggled with over the last yeah, 10, 20 years, top 100 overall corners. Then you add in, you know, the angle, uh, you know, at LSU, and it's just the whole time I was like, man, I, was, I don't see how this is going to happen. And then sure enough, man, hey, he committed yesterday, uh, July 4th to, you know, to Notre Dame. And that was, that was of the four, that one might be, well, I don't want to say the biggest because Flores was pretty big given the need at receiver. But I mean, there's been there's a need at corner too, so it's not like Notre Dame's got numbers at corner now. But I don't know that there's there's not like Notre Dame's got a ton of corners on the roster right now that we're like can't miss there they can't miss you know players at this point. There's a lot of promising young corners on the team, but a lot of what um, you know Mike Mickens I think did in his first two years was rebuild the depth 
Whereas with Micah Bell and Christian Gray and Benjamin Morrison last class too, um, you know, started to add more top end players. Yeah, the Notre Dame doesn't have any top 100 corners on the roster. Um, yeah. At least that are underclassmen. Um, and they don't, I mean, the Micah Bell and uh, Christian Gray are the two highest ranked corners um, on the roster right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's all there is to say, right? Like, they're huge commitments. Um, I agree with you. It's, it's probably as important as, uh, as Rico Flores was. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's, they're huge. It, it's a huge thing, you know, that Christian Gray was really in Notre Dame and then LSU came on with Robert Steeples and yeah, made it tough for him. Um, but in the end, you know, Notre Dame kept with it, kept on him. Um, he had a really good official visit and shut things down after that, you know, and look, that's, yeah. that's what you want, right? Like you, you kind of have him and then maybe you're, you're fading a little bit and then you, you bring him back, you know, and that's, that's obviously a, a solid recruiting effort and shoot, man, that's, that's what this staff's been doing. So. And five so. for five last week is just bananas. Like it's nuts. Like that, that is, again, I'd have to go back and check. Check, 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 check the logs, so to speak. But I, I don't ever remember five commitments in a six-day period for Notre Dame since we've been doing the site. And we've been doing the site. I've been doing the site since 1999. Uh, UHND's been around since 1997. So maybe, maybe pre then, you know, maybe in 97 or 98 it happened, but I don't remember it happening. Um, other than, you know, there were maybe a couple times at, at signing day, because signing day used to be a hell of a lot different. Again, young young fans who you know are listening to the pod who maybe have only followed recruiting closely the past five or six years, like signing day used to be different. Like signing day, you used to be like, hey, we might get like five or six commits or five or six you know kids to sign today because kids would wait till the end. And it's only been the last five six years that we've had this real big push, you know, for early commitments, which is why like for hell, if this was you know two thousand two. And Michigan had the class that they had, you know, people probably wouldn't be freaking out that much because they'd be like, well, there's a lot of time left between now and February. But that is not the case, uh, you know, in, you know, 2022, uh, you know, with, uh, with 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 the state of recruiting. But it, that was a flurry of, you know, of commitments. Um, I don't know if the staff kind of did some wink, wink, nod, nods like, hey, let's. We got somebody committing on the 30th. You know, why don't you commit on the first? Why don't you go on the second? Why don't you go, you know, why don't you, or we had nobody on the second. Um, that was the one day, uh, the one day with no, with no commits there. But uh, I, I mean, I assume, again, the staff probably like made some suggestions so that, it, you know, it spread it out so that, uh, you know, the, the momentum, uh, the momentum really built. And, you know, today, a little well, and again, most of you will probably be listening to this not today because we're recording very late on Tuesday night. But a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news on the recruiting front today too. So we had the good news. We'll start with of Jaden Greathouse uh, announcing that he will be committing somewhere on July fifteenth. As of earlier this evening, the on three recruiting predictor machine has him at ninety five percent. Notre Dame. That's a pretty good percent, uh, you know, uh, you know, in Notre Dame's favor. 
The bad news, though, was also a couple of predictions and crystal balls placed for Jason Moore, top 50 D end uh, to Ohio State, which was a that was a bummer because it felt like Moore was trending to Notre Dame for a long time. Yeah, um, I guess it's a great house, right? So the, yeah. the fact that he's announcing now, and it really worked out for me because I said on the live show with ISD, I was like, if he, he could, if, if he announces a commitment in the next, you know, couple weeks or whatever, he's going to commit in a couple weeks, then that's really good for Notre Dame. And if he doesn't, then it's a little bit, it gets a little bit iffy. And then like an hour after I recorded, he issued a commitment announcement. So I just kind of reposted the clip and it's like, this is what I feel about the situation. So yeah. um, that's huge, right? That That's as big as like, that'd be as big as Michael Bell or Christian Gray or anything like that. Like super big um, commitment. Oh yeah. Um, very important. So um, so there's that with Jason Moore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you, when you want the fifth guy and, and he's basically the centerpiece of Ohio state's recruiting class, um, you know, it's just, it, maybe it holds a different kind of shine. Um, you know, he's from the same, same high school as, uh, as Chase Young and, Chase Young obviously had a really good career at Ohio State. So, um, yeah, so um, that worked out for him. So, um, you know, it, listen, it's sometimes you, you get into these battles and you lose them, right? And Notre Dame beat Ohio State for Brennan Vernon. And it looks like uh, Ohio State might beat Notre Dame for, uh, for Jason Moore. I mean, and, and Ohio State was in on Keon Keeley too. I mean, they, 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 got him on campus and they tried to flip yeah. him and that didn't work out. So, um, you know, look, you, you, you go, you go two for three, I guess, Ohio state on the defensive line and Larry Johnson, you're doing a good job. So, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. I mean, let's see how it plays out. Right. I, I don't think he's committed anywhere yet, but he has not. I've been checking yeah, the Twitter machine. Well, I mean, even silently, right. Like, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Like, like Matt told me, you know, I don't think he's committed, but, um, doesn't it doesn't look like it's trending in Notre Dame's direction? It does not. Um, but yeah, like you said, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, and if Notre Dame could swing it, uh, you know, swing back in, it is tough logistically. Um, I think you said it on the ISD show earlier today with the dead period upon us, and then also, or nearly upon us, and then also um, the fact that he's already visited Notre Dame is not ideal. Um, so, but Hey, I will say one thing we're learning is that don't bet against Marcus Freeman, um, on the, you know, on the recruiting trail. We'll see if, uh, you know, what can happen. We had some questions on that and maybe now's a good time to start diving into questions because we had some questions pop up, um, that are related to things that we've talked about. Uh, let's see. I believe we still have one. I think there is one specifically. Yeah, here we go. Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77 asked us if Notre Dame misses on more on the D line, do you think they try and sign a fifth or would you rather roll that over to 2024 and try your luck there? Um, I think they'll try to sign a yeah. fifth, but it won't be like, 
it's like not super urgent, right? Like they gotta like the person, you know, it's not like we need to find a fifth. It's more like we, I think they have some people in mind and if, if they are interested in Notre Dame and if they are, you know, willing to look around, then, then I think they'll kind of move on those guys and see what comes of it. But, um, you know, I think, I think they will try for a fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, um, I mean, again, depending on what site you're looking at and what, um, where, where he's ranked, but the Notre Dame is still heavily recruiting Samuel and Pemba, who yeah. I think some sites have him as a linebacker, but I mean, just looking at his profile, it's, no way is he going to stay a linebacker in college. He's already 6'4", 240. He's going to be a D end um, or, you know, some sort of like hybrid type type player at 240 already going into a senior year of high school. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's to me that, that could be the potential silver lining is like, if you say you lose more to Ohio state, but you were able to stay in on Impemba and he hasn't, he has not officially visited yet. He's not going to visit until the Clemson game, which is, um, you know, something working in you heavily in Notre Dame's not heavily, but working in Notre Dame's favor there. So, um, I mean, if you, you miss out on more, but you add in Pemba, like, oh, okay. You know, that's not, that's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, and Pemba is a five star on most of the services. Uh, and he probably, I mean, if you're looking at pure profiles, probably complements the four that Notre Dame has maybe better than more. Because more there's there, there's some similarities in terms of like profile and future positions and things like that versus in Pemba, I mean Ke- Keon Keeley is probably the only like pure edge of the four defensive linemen that Notre Dame has committed. Uh, some of the others could play on the edge, some could play inside uh, or will play inside. But in Pemba to me is just like straight edge player. He you know. He, you know, the the viper position, uh, you know, kind of, you know, made for it. So, I think that, uh, you know, that that could be again that that would be a, it's a very optimistic way of looking at it, though. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody thinks. I don't think anybody thinks uh, right now that. uh, Well, I know I don't. Nobody really knows, you know, what's going on. Or I shouldn't say nobody knows what's going on with Impembas. uh, you know, recruitment, but there's no like, oh, this is the clear leader, you know, at this point. I think there's schools that people think are ahead, but hey, Notre Dame's got the official visit locked in right now for November 5th. So I think that's something to to watch for there. And, you know, to your point, uh, there are probably some players that Notre Dame has lined up that they might go after. And I think one thing we're going to see with this staff more so than maybe we saw in the past, but you know, Notre Dame is going to be you know, pretty well set up with this class. Hopefully, here like in July, you know, let's say Great House commits on the fifteenth. You know, it, it seems like they're they're hopeful that Ronan Hannafin is going to be you know on board sooner rather than later as well. Again, no commitment dates are scheduled or anything like that, but it seems like. You know, that's a, you know, that's a possibility. So then when you look at what Notre Dame is going to have left, they're going to have like a small handful of uncommitted players that they're going after. So where I think we might see some differences is I think this staff could get, you know, 
could be aggressive in flip season, uh, you know, this year. Um, maybe. I mean, I so regarding Hannafin, like my prediction is we're going to hear something from him pretty soon. Just because yeah. um, if – well, because – so Great House would be number three. Yeah. Right? Everyone thinks he's coming. And so that leaves one spot. And I think Hannafin's probably like, okay, I should probably take it. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't have the luxury of kind of waiting. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of other receivers on Notre Dame's board right now, though. There's nothing on the board, but it's like you just said, like, like, listen, okay. Listen. Notre Dame, (laughs) freaking moved on from Dante Moore. Okay. If Dante Moore can lose a spot then Ronan Hannafin certainly can lose a spot, right? Because anyone can at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're putting the the recruitment of the number 10 quarterback overall, number 10 overall player in the class, then they can find someone else anywhere, right? So yeah. I th- I think you know it probably for him it probably makes sense. Like, okay, I, I'm I I think I want to go to Notre Dame, you know. Great house is committing on the 15th. I should probably get my spot locked up. Yeah. Which would be nice. Um, because then like I said, Notre Dame could focus on the few handful of players that are left. Um, one of whom also saw tonight before hopping on the pod here that Richard Young did announce a top three that Notre Dame is not in, which I don't think no. is a, a huge surprise, but um, yeah, I think. You know, fans were at least hoping, you know, we were hoping to be in the top three there. But Oregon seems to have had a pretty good visit with him and Dante Moore when they were both on campus. Um, but the one player that I'm, I mean, I'm hoping to see an all-out blitz on, you know, once once some of these others are locked up, is Jeremiah Love. Because he has a skill set that is not in this class right now. Uh, so I'd love to see Notre Dame be able to focus a lot on him. And then also, like I said, like just monitoring the situation. Who is, you know, maybe who are late risers they want to really, you know, turn the heat up on? Or, you know, are there some players that they could potentially flip? Um, And I think one position that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that could come into play is quarterback. So we did have one question on quarterback. Um, and that is from Woj to God. Just says Dante Moore question mark still in realistic play. Do you think that they uh, that there's any chance at this point, or the ship has totally sailed, um, or do you think Notre Dame is still actively recruiting? I think there is a chance. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, I think he wanted to go to Notre Dame. That's yeah. the thing. I think that's what he wanted. And so if you want to go to Notre Dame, then, you know, there's a chance that he just says, you know what, I'm going to go to the school I want to go to, you know, and that's it. And maybe Notre Dame keeps that door open, right? We still don't know what's going on, what's going on with the reclassification situation, you know, and I don't, I don't want to speculate on it anymore because nothing new has come up. So there's no point in rehashing, but, Look, Dante Moore could commit any time, right? He could, he could tomorrow, he could set an announcement just like Jaden Greyhouse. 
you know, and then and then that won't be for Notre Dame. If he if he announces a commitment date anytime soon, it will not be for Notre Dame. Yep. If he doesn't, you know. And, and, and here's the other thing, too, right? Who's to say he won't just change his mind? Yeah. Like, it's it. look, it's in the back of your head, man. I, I want to go to Notre Dame. Like, really? You're going to go to Oregon? They don't have a conference. Very true. They don't have a conference. They don't have a plan. They don't know where they're going. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna go to Oregon just so you can like let's say Oregon goes to the Big Ten. You're gonna go to Oregon so you can fly back and play all the Big Ten schools. Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just stay? You know, like it just like to me. Let's see. Just like do what you want, man. You know, how, like how how the ta- that tables have turned but how, remember like two months ago three months ago whenever it was we were all like if dante moore announces soon it's notre dame but if this lingers into the fall there's no way it's going to be notre dame and now it's almost like we've reversed that where it's like well now we kind of want this to linger again to get notre dame back in it it's it's, it's uh it's ah, recruiting man it is uh Never ceases to never ceases to amaze. Um, yeah. But um, all right, we got we got a couple more questions here, so we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get through those. Uh, bu- 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 uh, speaking of quarterbacks, we got one from Aaron Berger here at Clashmore Mike eighty three. Will Freeman run two quarterbacks again or stick with one? Can we expect him to be more patient than Ryan Kelly with the new quarterback? You know what's funny about that? What is funny is, about that? Uh, is Freeman has coached one game, and he famously only played one quarterback to everyone's disappointment. That's true. <laughs> that's why. That's a funny question. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think the plan is to run two quarterbacks because I think they want Buckner to be throwing. Yeah. As well as running, so I, I think they want Buckner to be much more of a thrower. I, yeah. I really think like, I think people need to, to readjust what Tyler Buckner was like, what their expectations are from him this year, just based off of last year. I don't think he's going to be the runner. Um, oh. It's not that he can't. It's just that I don't think they're going to use him like that. I think he's a you thrower. You get him hurt if they use him like that every well, game. That's, that's, true a and b i I think he's a thrower i I think he considers himself a thrower i think the staff thinks of him as a thrower yeah they just didn't do it last year because you know for reasons that have been been covered but right yeah i I, think you answered if whether or not he expected him to be more patient than brian kelly he already he already was more patient than brian kelly yeah um you know and sticking with cone in the fiesta bowl um yeah i don't i don't think he's gonna run two again this year at least I don't know. There'd be no reason to, unless you know Buckner is just not the guy, or it struggles that badly. Because it's not like if you if 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 the starting quarterback this year was expected to be, let's say Cone was coming back, then I could say, all right, I, maybe he run two quarterbacks because Cone is you know a, not a mobile guy, and you got a guy that can be mobile, so they'll run the two systems because he gives you something that the other guy doesn't. That's not really the case with like with Pine. 
Like you bring Pine in, and it's like, okay, like what is like not that no, no knock on Drew Pine, but it's not like you're not going to be doing anything too different with him. If anything, your offense probably gets a little bit smaller with him because he's not going to have the same running plays that Buckner had. He's not going to be the threat with his legs. So you almost limit some options by, by that. Um, so it's almost like the reverse of last year where your starter was not very mobile. Um, I might be putting it kind kindly, but, uh, and then you had a guy like, uh, you know, like, uh, like Buckner who was, uh, you know, who, who could run behind him. And that's why, you know, why, why, why we saw the two, the two quarterback system, but hopefully, man, I hope he's more patient than than Kelly was with quarterbacks. Or what what what, what did we say we were supposed to call him? It was in our review last week. Something doofus. What, weren't we weren't we supposed to? It was in the review. Brian Kelly. We said we were just going to refer to him. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, somebody, one of our reviews from last week referred to Brian Kelly as like old doofus or something like that. And we were like, right. well, that's I just don't how remember we got now. I'm very upset. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. We got it right here. Um, to see. Oh no, he just. This was from um, Alita two nine two zero zero zero. This this, this review is getting mentioned twice. Um, he just you know referred to Kelly as Doofus Kelly, and we Doofus. said we would re- we said we would re- refer to him as Doofus Kelly more often. Um, so I, I mean I hope because that was like again of all the things that. Like we're kind of annoying with Brian Kelly. And, you know, again, when Kelly was here, I didn't knock him too much because he was winning and, you know, winning more than I was used to, at least, uh, you know, from, from previous coaches. But the one thing that I did get on my soapbox about a couple times, including last season, was just Brian Kelly's uh, just lack of, yeah, lack of patience in general with quarterbacks. Like it was, it was, 12 years of just, you know, constant shuffling of quarterbacks and mismanagement of the position like that, like for the guy that's supposed to be the quarter that was supposed to be the quarterback guru coming in, like he just did the, the position was not well managed throughout the entirety of his, of his tenure at Notre Dame. So it'll be funny if the guy with the defensive pedigree comes in and manages the position better, but that's what I'm hoping for. All right, we got some more questions. Chris Jenkins sent us one. Uh, this is one related to conferences a little bit, so um, probably touched on some of these already, but we're going to read it because Chris sends us questions every week. So first question is, so with USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, actually should be the Big 14 right now, you think um, they'll do like they did against Notre Dame and refuse to play up north in later months? Doubt that they can do that. And they can't. There's no they way. Can. They're going to have yeah, to play. They cannot. Which is going to be great. I can't wait. That one thing I cannot wait to see a bunch of USC players in like 16 layers huddled around a space heater on a sideline in Iowa in November or in Michigan, you know, in East Lansing or something like that. Just like freezing and miserable. Cannot wait to see that. Um, second question, if Notre Dame does join a conference, which one should they join and why? I think we kind of touched on that. Um, you know, already, but anything to add to that one? No, I think we, we're good. Yeah, we covered that. Um, but thank you for the questions, as always, Chris. Next question that we got. I, Chris, I, your questions are so good that they are just like main topics of the show. 
Yeah, we just we they just get ingrained into into our discourse. Um, yeah. I hope you know fireworks for this one because I don't I don't really know fireworks. Um, but we got a question from Clutch Sports Notre Dame. In celebrating our independence, what type of fireworks are your favorite? So that's the first part of the question. There's a second part. Do you have a favorite firework? So fireworks have been banned in, in Long Beach. I've okay. lived in Long Beach for about 20 years. <laughs> so okay. um, fireworks have been banned in Long Beach for the entire time that I've lived here. Okay. So I don't know what's out anymore. Neither do I. I, I really don't. Um, I, I had neighbors who were setting fireworks off in the middle of the street um, last night. They invited us all out. So it wasn't just like, hey, we just heard random fireworks. But yeah. the whole the block came out and uh, and watched. Uh, but I didn't know clue what the hell they were. I'm like, that was cool. That one was loud. I hope it didn't wake my dog up. I hope it didn't wake the baby up. Um, you know, just had the baby monitor on, like making sure that he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't get up. But uh, yeah, I don't quite no um so i don't know if we're gonna be able to answer the second question so apologies clutch sports but um if you can compare different types of fireworks to certain notre dame players for example Braden Lindsay is like a bottle rocket for his straight line speed do you have any others i mean what's like a like a mortar like a like a like an m80 because that's estimate he's like the mortar <laughs> like, the just, or like him like, or uh or uh Batoho. yeah Oh no, man! But tell, but tell us the one. What's the the fireworks that you fire and it goes in all sorts of just crazy directions because you can't contain it? That's Batello. That's that that. But okay. uh, Estime, yeah, Estime is like the M80 or mortar shell that just like makes a thunderous boom when it uh, when it when it goes off. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. I don't know. If to, I, I should have googled types of fireworks. I just, I just, I'm not not in my wheelhouse. I've never actually fired a firework myself, to be honest. Oh. Have you? Uh, I think when I was a kid. Other than like the little, they, you remember the little tank things that they had? The little tank fire, not even fireworks. You would light them and they'd go like, and then like the tank would shoot and it would like spit, you know, I don't know. We, that I remember playing with. No, I don't know that. No, we had, but other than that, yeah. Not, I don't, uh, I don't know what Roman candles. They what are those? Those things like fire. Who would who would be the Roman candle on the team? Do they still have Piccolo Pete's? I don't even know what those are. So what are it, those? It's just like it makes like a just like a super loud like shrieking noise. So it like it, it shoots up like a like a big know, okay flame type thing, and it's just like a shrieking noise. It's super loud. Um, What's a super loud shrieking noise? I don't know. If, um, if Flutie was still doing the play-by-play or the commentary, <laughs> I'd say Flutie, but uh, he's not here. Uh, shrieky. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, who's loud? I don't know. There's nobody really loud. I mean, that I could think of off the top of my head who's like yeah. very boisterous on the team. Like Might have been like Heinish, maybe. Like, like Heinish, like Bill Bauer. Okay, all right, all right. I like that one. Bauer could also be those fireworks that you shoot up, and then they just kind of like really like branch out and like dangle as they come down because he's got yeah. the you know the flowing locks, uh, you know, going 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 on right now. But yeah, I, I mean, I think we did as best as, as best as we could have done for zero knowledge of uh, the fireworks there. 
Um, all right, we got like a this is like a six part question, I think. So we're gonna see. Oh. I think we I think we covered a lot of what would a lot of what was asked, but some of these are good. Um, okay, here we go. It is from oh man. I IQ I mean, oh, IQ way too high. I had to like actually read it out loud to to get it. So IQ way too high is the username. Um, it's how much money would Notre Dame get by entering the Big Ten? Would that seriously strengthen the football program? If so, what is lacking that that would help with? Where would the money be spent? Recruiting budgets, facility upgrades, would it help? It's an interesting question. Um, I mean, the dollar amount, I don't think anybody really knows exactly what it would be other than. Well, we know- USC is getting like 80. Okay. And so USC is getting 80 and Notre Dame currently gets 15. From NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know that the NBC deal is not like. Is not. Uh, is, is not lucrative. As much as people want, as much as people outside of Notre Dame want to think, like, oh, you got your own, your own network. Notre Dame's got their own network. They make all this money. It's like they make less money from NBC than all the other conference teams. Right. Like, then, like Arkansas makes from the SEC deals and, and things like that. So, um, so I mean, I think that that you know that we know. And it, it, I guess the question is, like, again, I don't know what what does Notre Dame do with that money? Does Notre Dame just invest it all? Because it does feel like Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not lacking money. To upgrade facilities right now, but they... Well, first of all, Notre Dame doesn't use their own money to upgrade facilities, right? Like, they fundraise, right? So they get that from outside sources. So it's not that, per se. Like, you're talking about money that goes to the school, right? Yeah. It can can upgrade. They can use it to upgrade dorms. They can use it to upgrade... you know the 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 women's programs of yeah. for, for sports or something men's programs um you know that they can make different type that you know that money can go towards um i don't know like knickknacky things right like things that you don't really think about you know but it's obviously important right but notre dame if they want like like i mean, I mean maybe money towards like a recruiting operation right like i could see that um, they don't yes. fundraise that to that sort no, of thing. No, but they're right? spending a lot. I mean, they has got its own jet. Oh, for sure. But like, but like, hey, look, more money towards a problem is always better, right? Like That's you true. Just bring in more things, right? Another sports jet. psychologist, sports psychologist, a, 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 a dare I say, a, a, a training table. Um, oh, so, so things like that, talking right? About Kelly, right? So like things like that, right? Um, That's a good point. Will it? Will it? Is it? You know, d- does it make or break the program? Probably not, right? Notre Dame is not um, behind or behind or not based on, you know, money right. from the TV deal, right? Like if it, because if they were, then the NBC deal would be unacceptable, right? right? And so I don't think that Notre Dame is there. All right. Um, second part of the question, again, I think we covered some of it, is the ACC a viable alternative to the Big Ten? Does Clemson, FSU, and Miami really want to go to the SEC? Isn't the ACC a nicer conference for them? How important is the ACC recruiting area for Notre Dame? And would it hurt Notre Dame recruiting to play more regionally in the Midwest and less in the SEC? Man, this is another one. This is kind of like fed right into the the lead-in of what we talked about. You covered a lot of that already, um, yeah. You know, talking about the – 
um, you know, recruiting advantages of playing in the ACC and getting down in those areas. We didn't really talk about like, would it be, uh, would it hurt Notre Dame's recruiting to play more regionally in the Midwest? Um, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, if you know, if Notre Dame had less exposure down in those areas, does it hurt because now, you know, you're competing with Ohio State and Michigan maybe a little bit more than you were. Uh, maybe not Michigan. Michigan's not competing with anybody in recruiting right now, really. Uh, but you're recruiting, uh, you know, a smaller pool, you know, so to speak, if you're really trying to target, you know, you know just the, uh, you know, just the Midwest. It wouldn't change what Notre Dame targets, but the lack of exposure there, I do think, um, you know, could hurt. Well, here's the thing, right? Ohio State is in the Big Ten. Yeah. And they re- they seem to recruit just fine. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, granted, they grab everyone from Ohio and that obviously yeah. helps. But like Carnell Tate, not from Ohio. Brandon Ennis, not from Ohio. Um, the other one, Rogers, not from Ohio. Noah Rogers. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, CJ Stroud, the quarterback, not from Ohio. Travion Henderson, not from Ohio. Um, you know, Jackson Smith in Jingba. He's from Texas. They They seem to do OK. Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr., not from Ohio. Nope. So. All right, we got two more parts, three more parts to this question. <laughs> Rank the following with some discussion in terms of what produces the strongest Notre Dame football program. $35 million, independent, five ACC games. $75 million, full ACC membership. $100 million, full Big Ten membership. And it's what produces the strongest Notre Dame football program, not the Notre Dame, the strongest Notre Dame athletics department. Since we talked about how the money is probably going to go, not just to football, yeah. probably go to other yeah. programs. The strongest football program. So I, I don't, I don't know that we can answer this without knowing the other scenarios here right like 35 there is, million there and, are there are unknowns that like who else is like so exactly notre dame making 100 million in the big 10 right well who else is in the big 10 now yeah right? exactly. what, what happened to the acc what happened to like there are so many different things um just just in a vacuum i would say the strongest notre dame football program is the first one 35 million a year from nbc which is already a raise yeah, thirty-five million a year from NBC and still an independent. In my opinion, that makes for the strongest Notre Dame program because you're still you still have that brand, right? And you still have that brand of being the unique program that doesn't need to right. attach itself to a. Conference. But that's assuming like, they can keep the scheduling that they've you know become that we've become right, accustomed right. to. Like yeah, that, that's assuming keep the seat at the table for the playoffs. It assumes a lot. Right. So, but I would agree with you if that if Notre Dame could keep its seat at the table in the playoffs, if it keeps the scheduling, um, you know that we that we've seen, and you know the flexibility that Notre Dame has, um, you know outside of the five ACC games, then that makes the best. That probably makes the strongest program. Um, is this the peak of Notre Dame's influence on the reshaping of the college football landscape? It seems we've reached the crest of the hill, and the ball is about to accelerate down the other side. Do we lose influence now the further it goes along without us weighing in? That is a good question. Without us winning it? Weighing in. Oh, weighing in. So um, basically, like we're we like if Notre Dame tries to sit this one out 
for whatever reason, tries to say, like, we're going to wait and see what happens, and they let all of the chips fall. Does the win for Lewins lessen, um, you know, as... The leverage, basically. Leverage, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think you, you, there's there's enough articles out there now. And again, considering how little every single college football beat writer knew about this shakeup coming, I think we got to take everything that they say now with a huge grain of salt. Because the people that know didn't share squat with them. Nothing was shared with them ahead of time. So now what is being shared with them is what they want to be known. So you got to take that with a big grain of salt, I think. I think, you know, what what we're hearing now. But we do see some articles now that are saying, you know, Big Ten is really kind of waiting now on Notre Dame to see what Notre Dame wants to do. And then they'll decide from there who else they – you know, they admit in because who was it? Was it it was Washington and who else? Oregon. And Oregon was like, hey, guys, hey, guys, we, we want we want in, too. And they were like, no, 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 you there. They were like the bouncer that was like, no, no, we at capacity, even though they're not at capacity right now. Um, that is what Oregon and Washington were told Friday night or whenever that was. Um, so I do think I, I mean, I think if it seems like Notre Dame has a lot of leverage right now. And they're going to start to lose that if they don't, if they don't make a move. And the move could be, I mean, hey, the move could say be independence, and that could be the bad move. I mean, it could be bad, you know, ultimately if um, if they get left out in the cold. But um, I don't know. I do feel like Notre Dame might be at the height of their leverage right now. They they could be at the apex for sure. Yeah. Um, Ooh, look at you, apex. Yeah. It's just so unknown. <laughs> it's so unknown where they are with the SEC. Because I know that Swarbrick is tied in with them. Yeah. And and he can play the SEC against the Big Ten, basically. Yeah. So they, the SEC, which is the strongest conference, can essentially lobby on behalf of Notre Dame to keep Notre Dame included. Yeah. Um. Because the most likely move is going to the Big Ten. And because of that, it's in the SEC's best interest to keep Notre Dame independent. Um, because it's in their best interest, that doesn't mean it's indefinite, right? So there's sure, yeah. there's uh, there's obviously strings attached here that are kind of unknown. Um, but I do, it, it is true that it's not um, it's not indefinite. And this is the the tightrope that Swarbrick has to kind of the, the to walk, right? Like he has to kind of know. Savvy Jack. Savvy Jack. He needs to know like Savvy when Jack. To, when I tell to, you what. When to pull the trigger? So. I, I I think I feel I feel relatively confident that Swarbrick is not gonna let Notre Dame end up in a position. That is not advantageous to Notre Dame because this is now his legacy. Like Jack Swarbrick has done a lot of great things as the athletic director at Notre Dame. Now, granted, I'm sure there's some like, you know, old curmudgeon Notre Dame fans who don't like him because he kept Kelly around and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but this is this, this, this next move that Swarbrick makes is will be you know, his lasting legacy at, at Notre Dame. Um, 
And everything, most of the things I should say, most of the things that he has done gives me confidence that he's going to make the right move for Notre Dame and that he will play the sides off of each other. He, you, can get, you don't get the nickname Savvy Jack without being savvy. So I think he is going to, again, I think he's, I think whatever he, whatever ever Notre Dame ends up, I think will at least be in Jack's mind the most advantageous to Notre Dame short term and long term. Where that is, I don't know yet. But I have faith in the man. I have faith that he will uh he'll he he will do the right thing. I don't know what the right thing is, to be perfectly honest with you, because I am just a wee part time podcaster. I am not an athletic director. Uh <laughs> so I, I do not know. But I think uh, I have faith that Jack will uh, he'll, he'll work it out. All right, our last question. It's still from IQ way too high. This is fifth part question. So IQ way too high, if you're listening, we answered all these questions. I will expect one star for every question of yours that we answered, which is five. <laughs> so you, I will be expecting a five-star review. Uh on uh, on apple Podcasts with a nice comment would be nice is all i'm saying it's just because we didn't get any we didn't get any nice comments to read in the last in the last two weeks so um we we always appreciate those uh, but we have with the injuries at running back do you expect more qb runs from buckner also might we please see the jet sweep utilized at a much higher rate as part of the running game to take some of the load off of Buckner and the running backs and to attack the perimeter to open things up inside. So I'm going to just, I'll answer the first part and just, I hope not. Like, I don't want to see Buckner running 15 plus times a game or whatever. I, you know, I, I want that number low and when he's running, I want it to be effective, but uh, I, I don't want to see, him out there, you know, running like I'm trying to think of. I don't. I don't want to see like a Brandon Wimbush, uh, you know, style of offense with Buckner. Uh, you know, like in 2017, when you know some games the offense was just Wimbush running. Um, and there's going to be games where he's got to run more than you know than we'd like, but I don't want that to be the identity of the, you know, of the, of, of the Notre Dame offense. So I'm hoping that the answer there is no, even with the injuries are running back. Um, so I, I, will he run more? I mean, I mean, I, I think to your, I think to your point, like, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think I think the I think the better like I think the better option the better solution is kind of what the second part of the question is exactly is like you 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 give the ball more to players where it's like you need to get them the ball anyway yeah you know like you need to be finding ways to get the ball to Braden Lindsay and yeah. Davis and Lorenzo Styles right like you have three guys in the back the three guys at wide receiver who who are best with their their hands on the ball yeah. right get them the ball. And however possible, right? I mean, Avery Davis was a running back. You know, Lorenzo Styles, they put him in the backfield in high school, right? Like these are guys you you want the ball in their hands, right? You can Pop even run Tyree on some of those with some when you you put Estime as the main running back, you put Tyree in the slot. Yeah, we've already seen that. Um, yeah. 
you could do that with your Brian Payne, right? Like that, that's his skill set too. So yeah. um, I don't advocate running Buckner more um, for the reasons you stated. Like you don't, you don't need to expose your quarterback to hits. Um, I think what, I think what Buckner allows you to do is he allows you to, to like in certain games, right? So like Ohio against Ohio state, that's a pull out all the stops game. If, oh, you yeah, have a, yeah. if you have a quarterback counter that you love, that you feel like is going to work against Ohio state out of some look or whatever, then you run it over and over again. 100%. Right? You do what you have to do. Um, but for the rest of like September, we, I don't need to see him carry the ball five or six times more than five or six times a game. And yeah. if those are off of scrambles then that's great too, you know, you just don't need to run them. Um, you, 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 there's, there's enough you can do in the quick game. There's enough you can do in the RPO game to where you can, you can, you can use his legs as a threat but not as an actual weapon. Um, and I think they didn't really want to do that with Wimbush either. It's just that he, he couldn't, he wasn't effective enough passer. So they kind of had to make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they need to do that. Like as of right now, right. If injuries get to the point where it's unsustainable, then he has to do it. Then that's the way it goes. But um, as of today, like, I, I don't think they need to run him more. Um, in fact, I actually think you might want to run him less <laughs> because um, you just can't. You, there's, there's, a, there's just too many. You don't, you don't want to lose him after you've already lost. Um, you know, you've already lost your Darian Price. You've already lost, you know, Joe Wilkins to the foot, right? You're, you're short receivers anyway, and now you're, you're down Diggs and Jadarian Price. You know, so yeah. I guess I, I mean, I can't add to any of that because I agree. Uh, last question that I'll ask, because uh, it wasn't on our list. Mm. But when uh, when are your Lakers going to make uh, going to make one of these massive trades? I keep uh, I keep reading about. Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm excited that you are um, so interested. You yeah. know, it's it's good to it's good to be the talk of the NBA, as we know. Um, you know, it'll happen in due course, right? It'll when, happen in due course. In, in all seriousness, I think they need um, the aid, the the KD trade to happen before they make a move on Kyrie. If they do, um, because and are you excited about Kyrie coming potentially? Listen, you know he is a man who who is just asking questions, right? We don't know <laughs> what's so wrong with asking. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Kyrie is is a strange character, right? But he's good at basketball. He's good at basketball. And and Russell Westbrook is a strange character, but and he's bad at basketball. He's not and bad so, at basketball. He's just a bad fit for that team. He's he's sure. Yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. He's not a bad. He's not bad at basketball. Hey, do you want him? No, I mean, because him and Embiid just kill each other. They hate each other so much. Well, because 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 you know why? He's not bad. He's bad at basketball. He's not. I mean, you can't you can't average a triple double for a season and be bad at basketball. Oh, look, he didn't do that last year. I'm no. saying maybe at one point he was good, but right yeah, now, yeah, I hear, not. I hear. You know, it's just like James Harden. He used to be good. And he's gonna be great again. I can't wait. For <laughs> I can't wait. I saw I saw the videos of him partying in the Hamptons oh, with man. PJ Tucker and Joel Embiid this weekend. It's just it's team building is what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, camaraderie. 
uh, team building. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I saw, was there too. So, you know, they're, they're going to just recruit him. It'll be great. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, all right. But with that, that was our last. I had a, I had, I had to get get that question in for, uh, you know, for Greg here. Um, that was it. We covered all the questions. We covered most of what was happening. A lot happened in, in two weeks. But I will tell you what, man. I can't, what are we at? We're at the 5th? I, I can't wait till like, August 5th. So we can start talking just, like, actual football. And we can start talking about games. We could be talking about practice. We talking about practice. I can't wait Let's for that. Um, less theoretical and more, uh, you know, what's going on. Um, we're getting close. We got a few more weeks, but we're getting there. So, all right, everybody. With that, as always, we thank you for the questions. We thank you for listening. Uh, keep the questions coming. Get the reviews coming in a little bit more. We would appreciate some more reviews. You know when they're there that we uh, that we read them. So, uh, hey, we will be back at it uh, next week, um, or you know maybe sooner. We'll see. Um, and uh, you know. With that, as always, go Irish.